0: Welcome to the Shepherd King podcast. We exist to equip pastors and leaders in the local church to transcend beyond current culture, to see government through the lens of the gospel and engage as modeled in the scriptures. I am Leo Lazzarini.
1: And I'm Greg Baker.
0: Thank you so much for joining us for another episode of the Shepherd King podcast. As you know, we're going through our series of Biblical Principles on Overarching Topics, that is, how can we as believers face in dialogue on the issues that our culture is bringing up. Today, we will talk about criminal justice. Greg, why is criminal justice important to God and the Scriptures?
1: When you think about it, Leo, what is the symbol that we have chosen to represent Christianity for millenniums? It's a symbol that is recognized in all continents of the world. Mm-hmm. That's the cross. An ancient form of the death penalty. Mm-hmm. The cross is a symbol of justice. And our God is a God of justice. Mm-hmm. If justice did not matter to God, Jesus did not have to die. Mm-hmm. God could have simply forgiven us for our sins and moved on, but the penalty had to be paid. It had to be paid. Mm -hmm. And we see this theme all the way from the very beginning with sin. Mm -hmm. When Adam and Eve sinned, it didn't just get forgotten. Mm -hmm. There's an animal sacrifice immediately following that. Mm -hmm. And that sacrifice points to Christ. And during the Passover of Egypt, God couldn't just pass over the Egyptian or the Israelite homes mm. he had required them to slaughter a lamb put blood on the doorpost mm. pointing to the Lamb of God Christ justice mm-hmm. is at the center of God's character
0: that's right Greg it's true that justice does matter for God and we see that throughout the scriptures how much he cares about his law being uh, fulfilled and he follows through with um, what he commands in the law for The punishment of sin. We see that on the cross ultimately. But why is it so difficult for human beings to think about a good criminal justice system for ourselves?
1: We go back to the cross again, Leo. The cross isn't only a symbol of justice, it's also a symbol of mercy. Hmm. If God wasn't merciful, the cross still didn't happen. Mm -hmm. It happened because he's just and the penalty of sin had to be paid. It happened because he's merciful because he didn't want us to pay it. Mm -hmm. God wasn't merciful he would just would have punished us and kept us eternally separated from him Mm -hmm. because he's just he's dealt with it because he's merciful Jesus paid it. Mm
0: -hmm. And
1: what's so difficult about us and being able to understand God is that God's fully just fully merciful all the time. Mm -hmm. He's 100% just. He's 100% merciful. He's not Mm
0: 50-50.
1: For us, we tend to bounce back and forth between camps, Mm -hmm. where God never does. He's always in it. And this makes our criminal justice system so difficult. We do the best we can with this fully perfect God Mm -hmm. who instruments the perfect amount of justice and mercy on people. Mm. And something we have to really Encourage our government authorities and as we discuss justice is this key truth that righteous perfect justice does not rest on government mm-hmm. it rests on God and Christ will bring about perfect justice at the end of all things mm-hmm. and we can be confident that God is going to render a perfect judgment that takes into account his merciful, compassion, and loving spirit at the same time with his love for justice and his hate for sin. Hmm.
0: That's great, Greg. That is true, that because God is a God of justice and is a God of mercy, it's hard to bring these two things in balance perfectly because he's the one that can be both at the same time perfectly. But for us human beings, it's challenging and I think when we think about the criminal justice system for maybe ourselves, maybe a little bit easier, but when you think about other lives, it gets it harder. I don't want to mess up. I don't want to err in my job as, you know, as we develop a criminal justice system. Mm-hmm. So um, thank you for that. And Greg, I'd love for you to share with us, what are some biblical principles that our governing authorities, but also us believers, can really anchor our thoughts on as we think about uh, criminal justice?
1: There's really five biblical principles that we've pulled out here, and there's so many more beyond this, but these are five that we've been sharing with government authorities on both sides of the aisle for quite a few years now. And the first is, so important to understand, government is the people's servant. This includes peace officers, judges, attorneys, juries, and all other aspects of our criminal justice system. I really think about lawyers in this a lot. There's such a negative connotation that comes with lawyers today. But if you do not have a good prosecutor and a good defense attorney, mm. you can't get good justice. Mm-hmm. The people are dependent on those two very different positions of lawyers to do their jobs well. But if you do not have a good judge who can listen to both sides and make a good judgment call, or a good jury, depending on the type of a case you don't have a good police department making good judgment calls and arrests as they're bringing cases forward, and you don't have good lawmakers making laws that are righteous, the criminal justice system is built on a foundation of servants trying to carry out what is best for the people.
0: Mm-hmm. And we
1: have to start there. Criminal justice is not about honoring a system. It is about serving people. Mm-hmm. And a good, righteous government will protect people from the way of death and I'll make it easier to pursue the way of life.
0: Mm-hmm. That's great, Greg. That's helpful to understand what our governing authorities are trying to do, which is to serve the people with a, a righteous uh, criminal justice system. Um, wh- what is the outcome, Greg, of a criminal justice system that is actually good and, and right for people? What is the outcome of that? It goes to your
1: second principle. government government's doing its job well It should be a dread for the wrongdoer. Mm. If you broke the law, you should be concerned if you see a police officer. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, it should be a sense of peace for the innocent. Mm -hmm. If you are innocent, government is your servant for your good. Mm -hmm. And you should feel good when you see its presence. And that is when a righteous government reigns, is what you can see. And we've known throughout human history, government has blown it. We think of the more extreme cases like Nazism during uh, Germany and when the Jewish people were afraid of their government, but mm-hmm. they did nothing wrong. And this is what we've seen throughout human history, but a good government brings peace and security for good citizens and fear for bad citizens.
0: Mm-hmm. That's, that's great, Greg. And what are some characteristics of this system when we think about a criminal justice system that serves the people well?
1: Well, when, it become, when this gets thrown off, it's because justice was no longer fair and balanced. And our third principle is justice is to be fair and balanced. It's not to be partial. Mm-hmm. And there are so many ways to be partial. There's a lot of discussions today around the race issue. Okay? Right. Justice has struggled on race for a long time. Mm-hmm. But sometimes it's geographical. So it's easier in some cities to get an attorney, to get a court case than it is in others. And even the expediency of a case matters where you geographically live. Hmm. And something I love about the nation we live in, it's amazing how rural of a community you can be in and still have access to a criminal justice system. Mm -hmm. Is it more limited than our major metropolitan areas? Yes, but it really does reach into even our deepest parts of our rural areas. Mm But another large one that we've struggled for a long time is socioeconomic status. Mm. Good attorneys cost money. Mm-hmm. And there are many who cannot afford good attorneys. And that's why it's such a heart for an attorney to say, I'm gonna do pro bono, or a good, I'm gonna say, I'm gonna be a public defender. Like, as a Christian, you really wanna honor the Lord, you have an interest for law. Public defenders is a great calling to go into. They don't get paid quite as well but they're serving people that on their own cannot afford an attorney that desperately need good representation Mm -hmm. at the same high quality of the prosecutor. Mm -hmm. So to be fair and balanced, I actually think one of the greatest hurdles in that is the socioeconomic. Mm -hmm. Because if you're a good lawyer, you want to be rewarded well. Mm -hmm. And I think that's one of the hardest things to achieve, and we're very blessed here that we do have a decent system Mm -hmm. that has achieved that. But ultimately, this goes back to we got to rest in Christ because Christ's justice ultimately will be perfectly fair and balanced. Mm. It will not be partial. Nobody is going to argue with that verdict.
0: Mm. That's very good, Craig. And as we think about a criminal justice system, and we know that they're all humans and we're all falling as we're trying to serve um, our communities and as our governing authorities are trying to serve us, By establishing a good criminal justice system, we will see some flaws and some uh, mistakes on the way. What are some ways that we as believers can face that reality of there isn't a perfect criminal justice system now? How can we face that?
1: Well, it goes to a challenge that Apostle Peter gave us, Mm -hmm. 1 Peter. He said, honor the Emperor. Hmm. Honor those who are and authority and today there's not an emperor the emperor is represented by many different branches of government today three of them but he also said the servants sent out by him Mm -hmm. so we think about our elected officials as they pass laws today there are many servants that represent that laws Mm -hmm. whether that be the attorney general's office the police department the uh, state patrol so many different areas and the scripture calls us to honor those and to pray for those who are in authority. Some of the great things we can do is show honor to those who are in the system, whether it mm-hmm. be judges, lawyers, and talk about standing out in culture. Honor a lawyer mm-hmm. and point out the noble calling that it is. The devil loves to play in the game of identity. Right. If we constantly talk about lawyers as a bunch of crooks, that overcharge, we talk about politicians in that kind of a manner, you're going to get what you talk about. But we can call government authorities and attorneys to the noble calling that it actually is and raise the bar. We'll raise the quality of a criminal justice system that we have.
0: Hmm. That's very good, Greg. And you're talking about a high calling and how we should appreciate that. And I think that's so key for our communities that believers can be a good example of thanking and honoring people for the role that they have in the community. And this is a noble role that, that lawyers and our governing authorities have in trying to establish a criminal justice system that serves people well. Um, Greg, and you mentioned uh, identity. How can we deal or think about identity when we're talking about the criminal justice system? It's
1: a great question, Leo, and it, it goes well into our fifth principle, It's actually my favorite to talk about. This principle, I believe, we need to grow the most Mm. in the West. And that is criminal punishment should be relegated to a specific sentence and not become a lifelong identifier. Mm -hmm. So, for example, when you're filling out an application, I'll ask you a question. Mm -hmm. Are you a felon? As opposed to did you commit a felony? That question, both of them give you the information that you need. But there is a significant difference in how they are asked. Right. One is asking about an action. Did you commit an action that I need to know as I factor in as I hire you? Mm. The other one asks, are you a particular kind of person I don't want? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That's very different. Mm-hmm. And we do this all the time. Why do we call people foster kids, for example? Mm -hmm, It's mm -hmm. another good example of it. And the devil loves this playground, but there's a verse in 1 Corinthians 6 that I really look to with this. Mm -hmm. And Paul has one of his long lists of sins in 1 Corinthians 6. Mm -hmm. But then he ends it with, and so were some of you. Were. And... These words are like adulterers. It seems like it's a defining word. Why is it were? Mm -hmm. And I thought about that. What has changed with this audience that's getting Paul's letter? Mm -hmm. They became Christians. Mm -hmm. What does that mean? It means that debt that they had, that guilty verdict, Mm -hmm. was taken up on the cross, Mm -hmm. that Jesus paid it, and the debt. Has been satisfied. That's what Jesus said, it is finished. Right. So now that the debt had been satisfied, it no longer was identified to them. Mm-hmm. And that's what stood out to me. This language was never attached to the person, it was attached to the action
0: mm-hmm. that they
1: had done. And when you are convinced you are something. You will keep acting that way. And we tell people they're felons, they're criminals over Mm. and over again. They will act like a felon and a criminal. Mm -hmm. But if you tell someone they committed a crime and there's consequences for their crime, Mm. you will get justice, but you will also get a chance of rehabilitation, transformation, setting a new path in life. Mm -hmm. Now, some crime has lifelong consequences that Mm -hmm. is reality but the vast majority of crimes in our criminal justice system don't Mm -hmm. and too often people commit crime return to it again and again and again and I believe a large part of that is they have now believed in their hearts and bought the lie that they are criminal and they're going to keep returning to that activity Mm -hmm. and anything we can do to break that identity and say yes the consequences are paid, I've been wrong, but now I can move on.
0: Mm. That's so good, Greg. Thank you so much for sharing that. And Greg, before we end our time today, do you mind going over the principles that you have shared with us that should be um, the place where we can anchor our thoughts when we think about uh, criminal justice?
1: Yes, government is the people's servant. That's principle number one. And that includes our criminal justice system. Number two, government should be a dread for the wrongdoer and a sense of peace Mm -hmm. for the innocent. Number three, justice to be fair and balanced. It is not to be partial. Mm -hmm. Number four, we are to honor and pray for those who are in authority, including those who serve in our criminal justice system. Mm -hmm. And number five, criminal punishment should be relegated to a specific sentence.
0: Uh, become a lifelong identifier. Amen. That's so good, Greg. Thank you so much, Greg, for helping us understand biblical principles on criminal justice. As our culture talks about it, it's something that we cannot avoid in our day-to-day lives. And it is a blessing that we have government that places some form of order in the chaos that we live in until our king returns and perfect justice will be established. So thank you so much, Greg, and thank you for joining us for one more episode of our podcast. And we hope to continue this discussion on important topics that our culture is discussing. So thank you for joining us. The Shepherd King podcast is brought to you by the Church Ambassador Network, a ministry of the Family Leader Foundation that inspires the church to engage government for the advance of God's kingdom. For more information about the Church Ambassador Network, or if you would like to donate, please visit our website, thefamilyleader.com church.